welcome back to Big Fish Little Pod. Today, I would like to talk about what is quickly becoming one of my favorite passages in in the Bible. You can find it if you want in 1 Kings chapter 19. Elijah has tried his best to be faithful to God um, since the time we meet him, and he's always tried to do what God wanted him to do. And that got him to this point right before this story where the king wants to talk to Elijah not because he's happy with him and wants to reward him, but because he's upset with the way he's treated all the other false prophets um, and how Elijah has made it clear that there's one God, not many gods, and, and the king's not happy with that and wants to meet Elijah so he can kill him. And Elijah's obviously not thrilled with that and, and is ready to do the Jonah thing and say to God, all right, I'm done here. You know, I've done everything you wanted me to do, and now people want to kill me. So God tells Elijah to go out into the wilderness, um, and he's going to pass by. So Elijah thinks that's a great idea because he wants to run away from the king. So he goes out to the wilderness, and he's in a cave. And while he's in the cave anticipating God's visit, all of a sudden he hears this mighty wind. And I don't know if you've been in a hurricane or a tornado, but if you've if you've been in one of those, sometimes you've been in places where your house shook. Well, this wind was so great that the mountain Elijah was sitting in shook and rocks were flying off the mountain. And you can almost hear Elijah say, yes, if God's going to come with all this power, then I can go and shake up that whole establishment that wants to kill me. But the scripture tells us God was not in the mighty wind. So then Elijah sits and waits a little more and the ground begins to tremble. And there's an earthquake. And I don't know if any of you have been in earthquakes or have been in other kind of accidents where the foundations you've been on started to shake. But his whole mountain was starting to shake where he couldn't stand up and and, and hold his ground. And he was afraid that maybe the ceiling of the cave would, would cave in. And you can almost hear Elijah say, yes. If God is going to come with all this power, I can go and shake up that establishment that wants to kill me. But the scripture tells us that God was not in the earthquake. So Elijah waits. And all of a sudden, this all-consuming fire just passes by. And it burns everything that isn't pure. And it's raging. And some of you have seen the devastations of forest fires. or And this fire is just all-consuming and purifying. And you can almost hear Elijah say, Yes, if God's coming in all this consuming fire, then I can go with the truth, which will be the only thing that lasts, and just burn away all the junk from this administration, and I will prevail. 
But the scripture tells us God was not in the fire. So Elijah waits and he waits. And the scriptures tell us then Elijah heard a still small whisper. And that was the voice of God. Now that story is often shared with us to remind us that it's important to leave all the commotion of this world and just quiet ourselves so that we can hear the still small voice of God. And if you don't have a devotional time in your life where you quiet yourself, then I encourage you to do that. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. Because as I was reading that story this week, it seemed to be very clear to me that when things don't go the way I want them to go, we have a tendency to look at what's wrong with the people that are making things go wrong with that we don't want to go wrong, that I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do and all this junk is happening. And we want God to change all of that so that it goes exactly the way we want it to go. So we're excited when we hear God's power, God's might, or God's consuming self because we know God's going to take care of all the bad guys. But the story tells us that actually in those situations when we're upset that things aren't going the way we're supposed to go, God's really interested in coming to us and whispering to us and say, let's take a look inside. What is it that you have forgotten or what is it that you're dwelling on or not dwelling on that would make a difference here? Have you forgotten that I I love you? Have you forgotten that I'm with you? Have you forgotten that you are special and holy? Have you forgotten that anything that you need to achieve what needs to be achieved, I will give you? And God likes to whisper that to us, to take a look at who we are and what we can change. So that's what I'd like to talk about today. When things go wrong, um, how, how can we get our focus not on how can God fix this and change this, but what is God wanting to do in me? Um, okay, first of all, I did not know that story. No. It's like one of my favorites <laughs> now. When you started to tell it, I was thinking, like, okay, so, like soon this will like like hit a bell in my head, you know? And then I started going along. I legit, I mean, I'm sure I've heard that story, but I have no conscious memory of that story. Yep. That's so great. Because that seems like such a classic Sunday school story. And it is. And I know it's been preached at times, but. (laughs) With me uh... in the congregation. (laughs) I'm sorry. You said it. Where did you say that it's from? First Kings 19. Yeah, I believe it's actually verses 11 to 13, but... I don't think we did Kings in my yeah. recent Bible class for school either. No. Wow, interesting. Uh. Yeah, what an interesting story. So I have two, before we get into your very interesting question, I have two questions about the story. Yep. One is, if God wasn't the power in the wind and the fire, then who is? Because we always associate God with the power of the elements yeah and and i don't know if it means that 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 
the power of nature isn't the power of God. Um, I think I think no. what it meant was when God told Elijah he was going to pass by, that that's not what he was talking about. Okay, yeah. You know, yeah. that, that no, that, that, was a, that was a big wind. Yeah. That was the earthquake. That was a fire. That's not what I want to share with you. Yeah, gotcha. You know, that's what I would translate that to be. But. Yeah, that makes sense. And then yeah. what did the whisper say? It doesn't tell us. Because oh, I was waiting in anticipation for you yeah, to say. It doesn't tell us, um, which which I like because that means that you can ask that question to anyone who stops to be quiet. What what does the whisper of God say to you? Um, to me, God said to him, my favorite passage of 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 Isaiah, you know, um, this is the word of the Lord, the one who created you, the one who formed you in your mother's womb. Don't be afraid, um, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name, and you are my own dear child. When you walk through the waters, I'm going to be with you. When you walk through the fire, it's not going to burn you. Um, that there is trouble out there, but I'm with you. And if I'm with you, you don't have anything to fear. But that's total speculation on your part. Right? Absolutely. <laughs> and that's total speculation because it doesn't say. And I think that's perfect because that's what I would need to hear. Yeah. You know, because at that point, I would be so upset that things weren't right and this mighty king was going to do me in. Yeah. And I'd have to remember, wait a minute, I'm, um, you know, in classic Christian talk. I'm a child of the king. What am I afraid of? You know, God is with me. The same God that was with David and Goliath, the same God that was with Daniel in the lion's den is with me. So I don't have to be afraid. Yeah. But that's what I would put in that moment. Well, it's interesting because that's kind of what came up for me too. I actually had the same thought you were just describing, which was if God is for me, who can be against me? Right. And then I was thinking, oh, it just made me, like, for a second, just put a mirror up to myself. And I just thought, like, ugh, I'm so sick of feeling like there's people against me. Right. I'm just, like, I was just right. immediately thinking of, like, a challenging relationship in my life right now. And I was thinking, like, yeah, if God's for me, then how can that person be against me? And in my mind, somehow, I hear that, I hear that phrase as, like, who can be against me? who can be victorious against me? Right. Like if God is for me, who can be victorious against me? But I guess what it's actually saying is if God is for me, literally no one can be against me. <laughs> All right. right. Well, say more about that. <laughs> well, I mean, I was in a yoga program this weekend and uh, the teacher was saying, you know, we are all people, like we're all different people, but there is one person who is in each of our hearts. Right. Who is that one person? Right. You know, and that one person for me is God. Right. And I think, like, yeah, to think of it that way, if God is for me, like, if God is in right. my heart, who can be against me? Like, right. who can be separate right. from that? Right? Who can right. be on the other side of the right. line? Right. That that totally obliterates the us against them. Yeah. But it's, 
it's wait a minute we're all in this together yeah um so what am i supposed to do to help this process yeah, yeah. i had a i had a woman back in my first church that was having trouble with one of the other ladies in church, which, you know, when you get people together, not everybody gets along. And this woman was being bullied. And she said, I feel like I'm a sheep being attacked by a wolf. God gave me the insight to share with her. What difference does it make if instead of a wolf, this bully is a a hurt sheep? that's responding out of their pain, you know, does that make any difference? And she said, well, of course it does. I want to help them then. And that to me is that same kind of concept. Totally. Well, yeah, it, and it, I think it bridges a little bit to what your actual problem was with this because right. it's like, is right. it about who's attacking us or is it about how we are responding to it? I've heard it before, like an orange, yeah. like if you squeeze an orange, orange juice is going to come out because that's the nature of oranges. You can't squeeze an orange and have grape juice come out. And so like, yeah. if we have negativity in us and someone squeezes us, right. the negative stuff is nice. going to come out. <laughs> like, it's not really about the squeezer. It's about the orange. You know? I've heard it said the same, I've heard it same, the same way with a coffee cup. Like, if you're holding a coffee cup and someone comes up behind you and bumps you and you spill the coffee all over yourself, is it their fault because they bumped you? No, actually, the reason right. you spilled coffee on yourself is because you had coffee in your cup. If you had never put coffee in your cup, yeah. you wouldn't have spilled coffee on yourself. Yeah, they bumped you, so that definitely had an impact. And But, but it literally could not have been possible for you to spill coffee on yourself unless you had put coffee in your cup. Right? Yeah. I, I do like the orange analogy better. Um, <laughs> But that's cool. Well, I think the coffee one just pushes you further. Right. It does. I mean, it's true. It makes you... I think the coffee one is more counterculture. I think the orange one is more um, in line with, like, the things we learn in kindergarten. I see. Yep. But I think the the coffee one is more counterculture. Absolutely. I, I mean... You're more of an authority on Jesus' teaching than me, but I would say that Jesus would agree with that teaching. Oh, I didn't say he wouldn't agree with it. I just said I like the other one better. <laughs> um, yeah, because, like, if I'm bitter, well, I may have a right to be bitter, right. but that's not part of who my best self is. No. And- <laughs> but if I'm holding a coffee cup, that's a pretty normal thing to do, you know? Yeah. And if you invade my space and make me spill it, you're the wrong one, you know? <laughs> but that's the problem with, you know, when we try to find the wrong one, we very rarely try to find the right response. Yeah. Right? Well, and it's just... It goes back to the us versus them kind of thing. Like, what's my goal here? Is my goal that I'm in the right? Or is my goal that I'm pursuing a higher spiritual path that makes it so that the kingdom of heaven is on earth? Right. So, yeah, I think you're right. Like, at the end of time, I could go to God and be like, hey, listen, they bumped me. I was in the right. (laughs) Right? But, like, why? Right? Yeah. So what? Yeah. Yeah. But it, but it's, it is interesting because I think it does. I think my resistance to it, especially early on, but now even now trying to practice that, is like 
I don't want to be a pushover. Right. There's that. Right. There's that ego thing. Like, it, well, if I just let everything go, then do they ever get punished? If I just let everything go, will I just be walked over? Like, yeah. But I mean, isn't that exactly what Jesus told us? To yeah. Do? Isn't that grace? Turn the other cheek. And and how many people have said something about me to God? Like, hey. Wait a minute, isn't he going to get punished for that? How many times have I transgressed someone, you know? isn't it when you bump someone who has coffee, isn't it always a mistake? Like, how often have you purposely bumped someone with coffee so they spilled it on themselves, right? Right. Kind of like your sheep thing. She's not an aggressive wolf. She's actually just fumbling around because she's struggling. Or she's responding to things that she has learned, you know? Or or she's just a a super genuine, nice person who said something that had no idea it would trigger you in Right, right. Like a real innocent, you know? Right, you know, just as an aside, if I ever yelled at somebody for bumping into me, I would find out that they were actually jumping to the side to save me from some boulder that was about to hit me, you know, and crush me. Uh, Oh, oh, well, thank you, I guess. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I mean, that's the other thing. Another complete way to reframe that situation is the only thing you can control is what's in your cup. Right. That's the only thing in that situation that you have any control over. Right. So why wouldn't you concentrate on that as the reason behind the problem? Right. And isn't that the truth about all of life? The only thing we can control is our response to it. You know, we can't control all the things that happen or don't happen. And so then we're left with, I think, two choices. Get mad at God whenever that doesn't work the way we want it to. Or listen to God to say, to answer the question, what am I supposed to do about this? Yeah. So then what do I do? I am in a situation right now, actually, with a housing transition. I'm in a work, uh, what do you call that? <laughs> Sir, like work a, d- a dilemma? <laughs> I'm in a dilemma of how to explain this situation. <laughs> no, part of my work is that my housing is included, right? I have oh. like a housing package. And so I'm in a housing transition where I'm actually... we're going to be relocated on the same property but that situation is very up in the air and I'm struggling with that because it feels a little like an earthquake under my feet and I'm not super satisfied with like how the whole situation is being handled yeah so that to me every time something new comes up about that situation it feels like something's someone's bumping me and I'm spilling the coffee on myself okay and I've spent like the last six months pretty annoyed with the people who are bumping me okay so that's what you're saying right God has put me in this situation obviously God is in control here God has put me in this situation for a reason but I'm spending my time concentrating on the situation and the other people involved right and I don't want to make you a pushover in saying that the situation is exactly what God wants to happen. Totally. You know, just because God's in control of it doesn't mean that everybody's doing what God wants and it's working. It's the way it's supposed to be. It may be totally not the way it's supposed to be, you know, but my job is still to listen to God and say to God, what, what is, what am I supposed to do with this? What is the best thing for me 
to do with this, you know? Yeah, yeah, because even if it's all going not the way it's supposed to be, the only chance I have of it going according to God's plan is if I can get in alignment with God's plan. Right. Right. And and the only yeah. way you can make the best of a bad situation that yeah. isn't going the way God wants it to go is to get in line with what God wants you to do. So, you know, I mean, one of the first things would be, well, where is God in this? And, and you know, I, I mean, this isn't the first time you've transitioned. Right. 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 What was helpful the last time? What was not helpful? Well, you know? Yeah, um, we don't need to get into it, but that's an interesting point because this is one of the first times where it's not of my own choosing. I'm not in charge here. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that definitely complicates things, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, so I think that actually, yeah, yeah that is... There's a lesson that God might have in mind right there. Yeah. Amy's not always in control. There's someone, there's someone bigger and more important out there who is in control. Yeah, it's yeah. True. But that's exactly what I think the story is about. Yeah. So it's my job at this point to sit and listen and say to God, "All right, now that you're here and I know you're here, what is it that you want of me?" And specifically, if you have that issue. What do you want of me and my husband in this situation? And if and God will always give you stuff. God will always give you something to work on and to hold on to. And, and that sounds actually so much better. It's when the, that grace is given by the person kind of in control in the situation. Yeah. It's like, it's just so relieving to everybody else in the situation. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting to imagine, yeah. like, instead of being, like, the yep. poor victim who's being bounced around, I could be, like, the instrument of God who is, like, giving grace and space. It's a totally different experience for everyone involved, but especially yeah. for myself. Absolutely. It's not only wonderful if you could give that to someone else, but if you can give that to yourself, too. That's a uh, that's something that so many people need. You know, so many people are way too hard on themselves. We all have our stuff, and we all mess up, and we need to receive grace, and we need to give grace, and it makes life so much better. It's not weak and wimpy. It's wonderful. Yeah, Elijah. Huh? Who knew? Yeah. Yeah, Elisha has some good stories. Yeah, that this is becoming one of my favorites. As I read it, I said, you know, if anybody ever asks me to come and preach um, somewhere, if I'm ever asked to, like, preach in front of 10,000 people or whatever, um, I think this is a passage I would use. This is the story I would tell. I think that 10,000 people listen to our podcast. So. Yeah, cool. Well, then it's already happening. Cool. <laughs> So take a look at something that's really bothering you. Check and see how much focus you're putting outside of yourself with things that you don't have control over. And take a moment of silence and quiet and listen to the voice of God so that you can hear what God is trying to work in you.
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Big Fish Little Pod. We are having such a great time making this podcast, and we're really appreciating all of the feedback and input that we get from you. Please comment on the podcast post on my dad's Facebook page, or send us an email at bigfishlittlepod at gmail.com. Thanks. See you next time.